lot of legs over here. This is the 19th season of Bass Talk Live. BTL is presented by Bass Cat Boats, Strike King Lures, Aftco, Pro Guide Batteries, X Zone Lures, Shoreline Boat and RV Repair, Spro, Gamakatsu, Big Bite Baits, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, Beatdown Outdoors, and Sunline. BTL, coming at you. Good morning and welcome to a very special edition of BTL, Bass Talk Live, where we are going to talk about bass fishing. Yes, we are on location. I have no idea what town we're in. That would have been helpful. <laughs> Golden Valley, Minnesota. Uh, Polish Pete, Luke Lowe. We're in Golden Valley, Minnesota. Uh, the only man, like I always introduce, who has ever fished in a Bassmaster Classic is actually manning the uh, the stream yard. Uh, we'll probably get uh, Trevor uh, in here in a second. But uh, we are live from, is this the headquarters? This is the headquarters. This is the headquarters for Omnia Fishing in Minnesota. You guys have uh, have heard about it. You've seen about it. Uh, a lot of great feedback, at least on my end of people have been like, man, we're learning about Omnia. Great feedback, great response, love order and stuff from that. So thank you for inviting me up to do a, uh, a BTL from your studio. Yeah, this is fun. We were excited when Trevor told us that you'd be swinging through. We know you're fishing the St. Jude, uh, which is an awesome event, and we're happy supporters of that. So it was just perfect that you wanted to do this here. We have our own little studio here, so it worked out great. It is. Uh, one of the cool things I've gotten to do this year with all the travel is I got to be live in uh, uh, Frank's studio. Studio. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's got a little, a little nook that yeah. his wife lets him have there. And then also uh, Travis Manson of Smallmouth oh, Crush, yeah. who uh, – I think he sold a few smallmouth baits in, yes, he has. in his so. day. Yes. He's probably one of the most – is he one of the most influential smallmouth guys when it comes to that part of the country as far as moving product with the Great Lakes finesse and the Beast Coast jigs? Without a doubt. I mean, yes. to both of those brands that you just mentioned are easily two of our top five fastest-growing brands. Yeah. Uh, when I had a chance to stay with him for the Open earlier this year, it's amazing how hard he works and how meticulous to detail he is. Like yeah. a, you would think, you know, he's got him dialed in smallmouth. He doesn't have to do it. And he's going to different parts of the lake and he's calling up the, the companies and being like, dude, I'm down to my last 50 jigs. Do you know how many of these I go through a day? You got to send me more. And he's calling <laughs> up his clients, trying to figure out where they want to go. Like he is all in on that guiding up there on uh, on thousand islands. And now I think he's getting into duck hunting, ice fishing, uh, salmon and walleye. Really? Yeah. He just got a Lund. Really, like Tiller Steer Lund <laughs> and a kayak. Wow, he's going all. Oh, and he got snowmobiles and a trailer to haul it all in for ice fishing this year. Wow, he better hope they get ice. Yeah. Do you guys sure. do a lot of ice fishing stuff? We don't. Uh, we we know that it's something that we'll get into in the future, but it's such a risky business for a startup like us, and we're growing so fast year over year that if we bet on ice, it takes up a lot of space, and a lot of years we don't get really good ice. So those years you're stuck with that inventory and so we've really played it safe in that realm for a while but this year you'll see us step it up a little bit but down the road once we're fully established in a large facility and all that stuff i think that's when we'll double down on when it. i was up here two years ago for my first ice fishing experience where i learned what safe ice was yeah, yeah. and that if it's like cracking that's a good sign because it means that it's making ice correct uh, and then I had the little 
spiky things in mm-hmm. case I went in because I didn't have yeah. a float suit. What are those called? Flute? Ice picks. Picks. Yeah. Ice yeah. picks. Yeah. I want yeah. you. I went fishing with you for a day. Yep. There yep. two years ago. Did we do that? That was the backwater deal. Yep. That was with Barton, the Chronicles. Yeah, guys. that was a that was a fun day. Uh, where was I going with that? Oh, but uh, we went to the ice fishing shop. Like some of the ice fishing stuff oh, yeah. up here. Oh yeah. It's like more complex than bass fishing. There are people that spend way more money on ice than they do on open water fishing. As far as like even compared to a tournament bass fisherman, there are guys with massive ice houses with multiple TVs in them and all that stuff and stay out there for a month. Now, Bart was drill a billion holes and move five miles outside with sleds pulling it. It was not a a relaxing experience. It was more like a, I would say like a tournament day where you're trying to establish a pattern and you're just like, boom, 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 just like point hopping. Yep. I mean, that's the way to do it if you're really after them to catch them, but I'm more into that sit in the fish house and drink beer thing and wait till they come through on the cameras. You're you're diehard into that, aren't you? Or is that just something you enjoy doing every now and then? Eh, I don't know. Those guys don't sit in the house at all. They, just burn yeah. through like two or three drill batteries at a time and drill like 500 holes until they find them yeah, like they're full on soaking wet and sweat walking around in like negative 20 degrees. and then the even crazier thing is like if randy blockett came up and ice fished with him <laughs> oh, he'd be he'd so be mad sitting in the truck livid he'd be so <laughs> angry a lot of the holes are just drilled for forward-facing sonar to yep. see where the school is just yep. it's yeah he would he'd walk out on the ice he'd take one look at it and he'd be like i'm out i'm gonna be sitting in this house Oh, yeah. eating some beef jerky i mean that's we, sure. we were saying that a lot after gussie's first win on the tennessee river there in teleco uh and then obviously his classic win that there's nobody fishing in the front of a bass boat that's fished more straight up and down with their electronics oh because guy. of ice fishing he's, yeah, because he's guided ice. it oh, he's lived it and he literally sits over a hole for six months out of the year and fishes straight up and down his whole I life i never even thought of that like, so he basically was practicing to win the Bassmaster classic his the whole, whole time yep his, his whole, whole life, life. Yep. yep through I, six feet of ice yep. i know that when christy uh won on hartwell Yep. They had come out with the FF Minnow or were coming out. Yep, it was yep, a, yep. it was a, uh, I guess a prototype kind of yep. under the radar at the time, but that whole winter before, uh, I fished the 10 killer winter jackpots yeah. and Christy would show up to every single one and he would always run down to the lower end by the dam. Yeah. And it was very, I guess, unchristy like, well, but then in hindsight, when you look back on it and he smashed him, he was catching him on that, that Demiki style. Mm-hmm. You're sitting there and you're like, dude, that dude wasn't there to fish the jackpot. He was practicing for Hartwell this entire time and getting comfortable, you know, as a Garmin guy, knowing what the forward facing technology would do and being like, I need to go catch pressured smallmouth on Mm -hmm. 10 killer to simulate what's going to happen at Hartwell. Then he went right in that gut and did the same thing he'd been doing three days a week at 10 killer for the previous two months. It was really cool to kind of see that come full circle. Yeah. I mean, there's the people that have put the time in and committed to it uh, are obviously show, showing the fruits of that labor. I myself committed to it about last week. Really? <laughs> so I'm a little behind the curve <laughs> and it didn't go well my first go around, but then I got a day with Seth and it made me feel a lot better. I'm more confident now. But- Yes. But it might have been just Seth the fact that I was interesting takes on it. Yeah, yeah, he has. But he's committed to it. He's, you know, and he's getting good at it. And so it made me, gave me a little confidence too to get out there and, and monkey with it with somebody who's actually catching him with it. So but, based on what you've seen with what Seth's doing, do you think there's going to be like a renaissance of these guys who, who, I don't want to say had a down year, but got out 
caught, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. is the best way to say it. Like they I still so. came in with good bags, but 16 or 17 got out caught by 18 or 19 on St. Clair and a lot of fishes. Yeah. Do you think you'll see a lot of these guys like my age, that mm-hmm. mid thirties who thought you, we were all up on everything. And yeah. then like I got smoked in the open <laughs> on it to kind of recommit, dedicate, and then come back around and, I, and I, be I, on the same level as the 20 somethings or yeah. I mean, it has nothing to do with age. It just seems like the, yeah, it's just guys a commitment to that technology. Yeah. You got yeah. it. I, I don't think that anybody has an option anymore. I mean, well, I think that, that, that writing's on the wall. There's no more debating, you know, like, Hey, I'm just gonna, you know, ride it out. Wait till this wave kind of cools off and it doesn't get, I mean, look what just happened with the college stuff. Look at where it's going. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's a, uh, it's commit or drown. Yeah. I mean, I think just like Seth, the, those guys know now that, like they have to do it. So right now they're all the ones practicing for next year so mm-hmm. that they can even out the playing field. But I mean, yeah, being out on the water with Seth yesterday, he was pretty committed to doing it. So. Yeah, yeah. All right. Hear me out on this. This is something that I've had in my head that I think I just don't know if the market is big enough for the R and D and the money that it would take. But uh, Mark Jeffries hosted the show yeah. for 18 years. His son's a pilot flies for American now. So yeah. all through high school, uh, in college, whenever Mark was home, yeah, he, Jeffrey, Mark Jr., it's Mark, that's just confusing. His <laughs> son's name's Mark, too, as well. Yeah. But he would be in his room on the flight simulator, yeah. and he would do cross-country flights, and he'd come out and get a drink and stuff, and it would be on, like, autopilot, and he would land at actual airports and take off at actual airports and accrue points. And it was basically like, I mean, this thing was like a flight simulator in his house. No kidding. Is there a market? Is there enough? Can we not have a forward-facing sonar simulator? So, like, let's say you live in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's uh, icy seven months out of the year. You have a foot pedal. You have a trolling motor shaft. You have some sort of sensors or something. But can you not do the exact same thing as a live scope simulator where you're actually looking at a – 10 to 12 inch Garmin, Lorance, Humminbird screen, whatever, mm-hmm. and picking out targets and hitting distances and scoping and identifying to where you are. They, they do it in NASCAR, don't they? Have uh, absolutely. An IndyCar and they do golf. They do it in everything else. My only thing is, is the market big enough for something like that? That's a good question. I don't know if it's big enough for it. And I just don't know, you know, how because so much of it now now that you've got this crop of kids that we've all see coming into the sport that are just awesome at it already mm-hmm. they've grown up on it or whatever a lot of it at least in our region up here that i'm noticing isn't so much the people's inability to see them or anything like that it's how to actually catch them and fit because as you know we even myself i've been able to stumble onto them and i can see them mm-hmm. it's just that that commitment to actually learning how to fish your baits properly and get them to go on forward facing sonar. So I think without the ability to catch them practicing with it, I think uh, it'd be tough to get uh, a big commitment out of the manufacturers. Cause I don't know if there's a big call to action for it, but what you're saying is intriguing. Mm-hmm. Cause I could sure use the practice sitting here in the office some days. <laughs> I mean, I think the other thing with Northern guys is what they get is there's so many different species down in right. our lakes. Oh, yeah, that's true. That guys are really able to learn how fish act with baits to get them to be able to bite Mm -hmm. to catch them so it's like you're out of minnetonka and there's four pounders four pound largemouth swimming around with 23 inch walleyes and they look pretty similar on live scope yeah and then it's kind of just another way that you can learn 
but even to his point now that you're saying it now we're now well, that you first that i thought about it yeah the simulator yeah. was helping you, tell, you like is that a school of perch yeah. i mean they're living in the same spot that have the different mm-hmm. fish on it and how they do it so you could like go scope the lower end of grand mm-hmm. you could scope malax i mean you'd have a different yeah it's an interesting theory and I, interesting. I definitely think that i mean i need it i know that much but <laughs> no more xbox yeah just simulator scoping I, I, like i said I, i'm not this isn't a good or bad deal but i i don't think i've ever talked about that but that's been in my head like i'm sure yeah. that's not i'm sure there's a lot of guys who have thought about that because i mean it is you, you say video game fishing well why don't oh, yeah. you turn it into a video the game actual video, video game yeah. and i think a lot of it also and then you did it as muscle memory yeah. uh with mm-hmm. the foot pedal he was talking about that to me the other day. Actually, yeah, I was. So I, I have an Ultrex. Yep. And I was in Seth's boat looking at his a little bit, and he's running the power pole. Yeah, it, it, it it's prime. so it's so different. Yep. Like it's you, your muscle, my muscle memory with my foot to my casting mm-hmm. to with what I'm looking at with my trail motor. I'm just so used to it with the Ultrex, and then going on Seth's. But like, you were even telling me because <laughs> I struggled immensely as I pointed out my first day out, really committed to like I wasn't gonna stop. I was not just going to stare at everyone's you were saying how many times you keep taking your foot off the pedal oh yeah and it's like that's all i did and as soon as you said it i'm like oh yeah 100 percent. i would tap the pedal put it somewhere and step off of it right away Mm -hmm. and you were telling me it was a big thing to learn to keep your foot on the pedal the whole time and that that micro adjustments yeah exactly because as the boat's going one way you have the fish going the other way and Mm -hmm. then in order to actually focus on catching the fish and read the fish's behavior you have to do that second nature yeah it has to be like you know how hard it is to fish docks if you don't (laughs) Yeah. If you have to look at the arrow on your trolling motor, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, it's like playing hockey. Right. So like in my last year I played, I got, I got moved from center to wing. Yeah. Cause I missed two weekends for bass fishing tournaments, which yeah. doesn't go over well for the team. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I moved to wing and I'd always just been a natural center. But then when you move to wing, you start thinking like, you know, chip the puck out gap with your d-man when to pinch down off the glass and when you start thinking that stuff you're freaking done you're a fourth liner instantly because there's that split second you have i think it's the same way with with fishing and what we're seeing yeah no it was a great point you gotta be like that with basketball you're d1 minnesota gopher (laughs) athlete right like i mean that's is that the same way like when you're shooting and stuff if you're actually having to think about anything like that's when you start clunking them Oh, yeah. If you're thinking about it before you're shooting it and just whether you should shoot or not or trying to think about your mechanics, it's your percentage is going to go yeah. way down. It's the same yeah. thing. Which is time on the water. Yeah, yeah. it's just a lot of time on the water, which I got to fix. Yeah. But, yeah, back to your point about the foot pedal. It's like the the resistance of each foot pedal is so much, I feel like, different. Like the speed that the, the heads can turn, rotate. Yeah, yeah. You're trying to follow a fish as it moves, but the wind's blowing this direction. The head of the boat's going this way. You're trying to follow the fish your foot just gets used to the mm-hmm. the resistance of the pedal so i mean it was different switching but once yeah, you yeah. can once you've time on the water once you have time on the water with your whole unit i mean i think that's just what it is you just got to it's the, and it's the kids that are out there in the opens that are just yeah. they have all that time on the water like they they are committing to spending the time doing Makes that, sense. their thing uh, from a business perspective then I mean, you are Omnia fishing. You do sell baits. Do you? Mm-hmm. How has this impacted bait sales? Like, the, is this the Alabama rig all over again, where people who make things that aren't forward facing are like, ah, it's gonna ruin us? It's it's or, interesting. It, it's interesting to watch even big manufacturers, mid-sized manufacturers, 
that ha- are so reliant on historical sales data, mm-hmm. really getting frustrated with the fact that a lot of historical baits are not moving. So at like, the same what's rate like, can you, crank are baits, you allowed to right? say that? Like, yeah, like you- crankbaits, right? Crankbaits was, I mean, it was a tough one for us. And we started, imagine we had really small budgets. We were yeah. really trying to be smart and strategic. So you'd buy, I'd do all the homework I could do to get the best six colors of name, a pick a crankbait company. I'm not going to say anybody in particular, but like, you get the best six colors and best six sizes, right? Let's say do your homework. Yeah, yeah. Striking or, or a Rapala or any of them, yeah, six cents. Stro, even. All that. So you pick all your your six best selling, yeah. and I could get that info. I had enough friends in the industry. I could dig it all out and get the info yeah. and find But uh, we had to go super wide to get the consumers to even pay attention to those six colors. But it was hard. I'd get those six best colors and – we had a little bit of success with it, but once we had a full assortment of crankbaits, people would start buying more. It was easier for the consumer to commit. I don't know what it is psychologically to most people that they want to get a selection of 50 different colors and 50 different sizes, <laughs> but they're going to buy the six colors that everybody, but that's yeah. just the way the consumer mindset is. And now we're seeing, is it smart to start and drill that back and get back down to a smaller assortment? Like if I'm going to throw a crankbait, it's going to be a couple it's not going to be as often. It's going to be a sexy shad. It's going to be a chartreuse it, powder blue back. I'm not going to carry six boxes mm-hmm. of those because now I've got yep the Miki stuff so and I've got yep. three jerk bait boxes. Exactly right. I think really? you're you're looking at your tournament anglers, your hardcore, your avid anglers, just like me that just fish quite a bit. But I'm not even a, a avid tournament angler, but just a hardcore angler. I don't want to put all that stuff in my boat anymore because I know. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to be, if I ended up on a crankbait bite, it'd be a, a weird deal right now that if I ended up on that bite. So I'm going to have three of the best colored crankbaits in my boat. And that's about it. Uh, Jim was saying this is this data uh, feedback sales related to forward facing sonar at this time like that. I mean, can you, are you just a, tr- there's no like data to prove like because of forward facing sonar crankbait sales are, are I, down, but I mean, it's very correlated. Like that's a, that's a, is that deductive reasoning? I, I, I think so. Cause I mean, we have, I, I, you know, we have a data scientist that works here at Omni fishing. I'm taking him out on the lake this afternoon, a full-time data scientist. Uh, our current algorithms, the way we look at things don't show us that it's forward facing sonar. But to your point, if I look at the baits that are going, uh, trending up the, the, the durables that are trending up, electronics that are trending up, it's clearly deductible that it's it's forward facing sonar that's driving a, a change in the in the in the tackle buying business. You know. So crankbaits, what else? I think as far as stuff as far that's as not, stuff that's that's down. Uh, I I would even say, and this is a sad one too for for it's a tough one for us to adjust to, but we've adjusted pretty well. It's even durable sales durables in our world we call durables the rods and reels things of that nature consumables are the things that you run out of and you got to get more of like baits and stuff like that durable sales that it's shifting you're not seeing the mad dash for the uh, new jig rod from a manufacturer yeah. the way you used to or frog rods and things of that nature that you still sell them but you're not getting the same uh and i think a lot of that has to do that that's twofold that's a lot of uh you know, pandemic buying that was happening. I mean, every one of us that's a $200 rod and down kind of guy bought $300 rods because I don't know why, but we all thought we got rich or something when we were sitting at home. And, uh, and so that dollar has shifted and a lot of people are starting to look at getting into spinning rod fishing. That's why I was asking you when you got here this morning, what are you seeing? Because that's the 
the investigations we're doing now is like what endurables is going to take off because of the shift in people's and no one's really come forward and really knocked down a technique specific line of rods and things like yeah. that for specifically forward facing sonar where you've seen the consumable market shift there i mean you see what six sense is doing every single manufacturer is adjusting and going with soft plastics and things like that to adjust but no one's done it in the durables world yet with rods and reels i think you're going to see this bfs stuff you hear everybody talking about that's the bait finesse system you got it that a lot of the people uncomfortable fishing with a spinning rod all the time are going to start trying a lot of that casting equipment for pitching and fishing smaller more yeah. finesse style baits uh, I still recommend trying a spinning reel if you don't <laughs> landing a five pounder on a bait caster could be interesting on six pound test. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, I, I, I think we're seeing that shift now. I think the, the industry is having to adjust as we speak. That's really interesting. I never thought about that because a lot of times too, if you're using primarily two or three baits mm -hmm. that are offshore for suspended fish or fish on stumps or something, you don't need a pile of, 35 rods next to you like you used to see yep. a lot like yep. everyone did because it's either going to be this one this one or this one mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh but then like you said durables which i'd never heard that before that's interesting because there's no one i don't i've not heard of like a a forward facing sonar rod mm -hmm. but the majority of guys that are offshore this is just my opinion and what i've seen have gone to uh a little bit longer rod with a faster tip and a stiffer backbone in it interesting for more accurate and mm -hmm. then also a lot and it kind of depends so like at wheeler lake where guys were pitching stumps if you're yep. pitching the edges of brush pile you want a media a heavier a longer heavier offshore rod okay but uh, you know as a whole you're talking open water fish that you're wanting to fight so there's a very specific kind of longer little bit of backbone so you can reel into them because you're often out and down with lighter line and then mm -hmm. a super fast tip for those very accurate casts 45 feet 56 feet 60 feet Gotcha. That's then that's super interesting. This is why this conversation was is been exciting one that me and Luke have been having a lot mm -hmm. with a lot of influential anglers that we know because I've heard your way and I've heard the complete and total opposite Which from is a lot of the Japanese anglers short, and people like that. Well, they've short, been smoking everybody, super lightweight, and being able to yeah. manipulate their baits a lot more with a lot less fatigue and stare at their scope and make accurate okay, pitches. Okay, so that's Demiki. That's yeah. this uh, hover fishing stroller. Closer, yep. That's fishing closer to yep. the boat. Yep. I'm talking more still, I guess, redneck mm -hmm. forward facing sonar for with sure a six inch robo worm on 12 and 14 pound test because those fish are hitting yeah. it out of reaction so yeah. i'm doing the zoom. they bite it or they don't they're actually enticing that fish into bite which i don't do a lot of i mean i've, got, sure. a, I've got that core tackle hover stroller and some yep. of the stuff from gamagatsu and mm -hmm. the little baits Demiki stuff but i haven't like unlocked that yeah, unlocked like it that. apparently lot. i need to yeah. go lighter and shorter yeah i mean I think what we're looking at, and this is just my assumption early as we're doing our homework on it, is it's not so much like the way it was where a long rod for a long cast as much as it's where are you fishing that bait in the water column. If you're fishing it up super high mm -hmm. in the water column, do you want such a long rod? Because you're constantly manipulating that bait and kind of having to stare at your screen. You don't want to look at your rod. You don't want to look at anything else you want to be staring at your screen and manipulating that bait so shorter light power rods that are really really non-fatiguing if you're overworking the bait somewhere up in the water column mm -hmm. i think that's going to get popular but and then to your point if you're throwing way out there and sinking it 30 feet down 
you're going to need some backbone and some length to clean up that line and get a good hook in that fish. Yep. So that's where your longer rods will come into play. But I think that's the next thing we're going to see is people start adjusting to that kind of stuff. Interesting. What are you on? Spin, have you adjusted your spinning rods and stuff yet? To I, I was like you. I, I like a 7.6 longer rod for mm-hmm. getting it down to the bottom on fart casts and get a good hook in them. But I don't know. I, I could see the really short, like a 6.3 rod doing that mm-hmm. mid-water column, fishing something with live scope. I could see me converting I mean, you look that. at what Koi uh, yeah. has done and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Taco... Yep, Takuito. Ito, yep. some of those guys. Like, I mean, you can't argue with success. No, I know. No, that's no, that's the thing. And and they have been notoriously protective of that stuff so far. I've, I, I've got to talk to people that have been trying to film them. Yeah. <laughs> and I've tried to film them and people. And they have been very tight-lipped and very secretive about it. Which but, is ironic because they uh, film freaking everything. That's exactly they right. Have nine, like the Japanese anglers are the most documented mm-hmm. anglers on tour. Like, they do a very good job of, of – uh, of documenting all the different lures and mm-hmm. after every day like coda yep. was at the last open and he had a film crew there with him yep yep but i i've jumped in the boats with them and there's a lot of covering stuff up and there's a lot of baits being shown that i know were i definitely in the play you know in the playbook they were mm-hmm. out there they got a play or two in the game but they did they were not the dominant thing being fished so there's a lot to be unlocked still and that's i think that's the funnest thing for all the people that are on board with the changing Mm-hmm. with with the change in the industry watching this forward facing sonar thing coming on like wait there's so much to be unlocked there's so much green grass in front of us to learn more stuff and find funner stuff to do with it yeah. and and more techniques more baits more durables more uh more stuff to come that's the best part about it i think and i do think as you've heard all over the place it is causing a shift and certain bodies of water i've even heard that up here with this as much less pressure as we get in the North Country compared to the South, we're even seeing lakes up in the North Country get affected by the pressure from forward facing and watching techniques change and people get back to the bank or having to shut their Was electronics Malax off. the first fishery that you really notice? I've talked to so many guys who are like, dude, we used to have these rocks for yeah. 20 years that you could roll up on and if you got within 20 feet of it and now like, Oh yeah. Were you saying that in the last time you were on the I, show? I don't or think someone it, was saying that on the show. I think Trevor might have pointed that, was that out. Is that you, Trevor? Uh, I, I haven't. No, <laughs> just say that. Take it. It's yeah. a good point. I haven't put my time in on Malax since mm-hmm. Seth moved out of there. We we used to spend tons of time there, but that's exactly right. You just have names for rocks and just go catch them on it, and that's not the case gone? anymore. Uh, but I even you know hearing it from the multi-species anglers and musky world and stuff, there are oh. fish that they're you know if they shine that fish, that fish is gone. It's a ghost. Uh, uh, they're they're yeah. starting to pick up on a lot of it. So that it's it's the more it gets out there, the more you're going to have to see people's techniques and and things change. There there will be a day I think where that's a better practice tool than it is even a derby day tool. Uh, you know, which that hasn't happened yet, but I could see where that. Where you're fighting with yeah. you don't want to hit them with the beam. Yep, you're where you're having to shut it down. I need or, to get someone on from Garmin to actually talk about what the hell that's actually shooting exactly. out and how those fish feel that. And because I mean, there's obviously the transducer, and I think we're thinking of the forward facing like the mm-hmm. yeah, which yep. it is not, it's yep. something different yep. about it. It's so totally different. I've also heard the theory that the fish are actually they're 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 not feeling feeling the beam of the forward facing sonar they're relating now being able to hear the 2d uh that 
with yeah. just getting caught with instantly. getting caught so if it gets with that at all within their range that's where so you're seeing a lot of guys that are shutting everything off except yeah. they're forward facing yeah i can see it i mean I, I i feel like i've seen it in a couple instances i was just up at vermilion and there was a ton of guys just musky fishing and they all they do is just drive around with the mm-hmm. with the scope yep. see one cast at it pretty much just catch it but then after a while you see a bunch of muskies swimming around, like not a bunch, but you see giant fish that are muskies swimming around and they just gone as soon as you put it on them. <laughs> yep. And then but is that because they are associating the, that beam with that or the noise of the boat with it? Because now when last time, a couple of times they heard it, they got stung. Yeah. I don't know. It's a good question. I mean, we're, I think we're all learning this together. I mean, it's just going to be a, a, one of those things where, th- I mean, it's, fe- it's funny. It feels like to us that have been around it a while that it's been around for a, you know, 10 years or something like that. It really, ha- I mean, if you really look at its ascension, it's really come on super strong and become a tool in most anglers boats just in the last couple of years. Uh, yeah. where- Scott was the first one that I saw that really yeah. utilized it on the FLW tour in uh, 17 and 18. Yeah. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I would say like I got it in the fall in 19 at the Toyota, like specifically for the Toyota championship. And I'd say, 15 to 20 percent of the guys had it yeah and i mean i I mean it wasn't that long ago where you're like god i wish people would stop talking about it i know yeah and now it's like you don't have live scope i remember the last year i fished uh the full circuit of the denny's up here in minnesota uh all of us were fighting over 360 and 360 was like all we would talk about yeah and it'd be like if you don't have it you're blind you're an idiot so we all had to have three and it was all anybody talked. there was a team that had a hand-controlled deucer pole, you know, on the front of their boat, and they whipped us that year. Yeah. And that was, like, the last year. Then Now it's, like, you walk down the docks and it's just forward-facing. That's a deucers. really great point. So I was – I did the uh, – all the media for the Toyota Texas Bass Classic back yeah. in the day, top 15 FLW, top 15 PAA, top 15 Bass. And Keith Combs was very dominant in that. And I, I, I can't believe I haven't thought of this before now. I vividly remember him going, dude, I got this thing – it's 360 and i'm like what and he's like i i thought and it was on conroe yeah he's like i thought i knew where this brush pile was he goes and i was casting a plug to it he goes and this thing spins around and he's like it's like side imaging but you can see in front of the boat and it was i'd never heard of it yeah and he's like and i saw the brush pile off to my right and i cast and i caught a six and he's like then i went to all my spots and realized there's so much more and i could cast a little pieces of brush yep and that I mean, he he won using that technology, mm-hmm. dominant, and so did so many other guys. I wonder why that there wasn't a backlash like, oh, those guys are seeing. Yeah, that that certainly wasn't. I never heard backlash on that. But that, that was a hundred percent what it was. He had oh, technology yeah. that no one else had that could see out in front of the yeah, boat oh, where he could cast yeah. it. And now it's something everybody can. Have. I mean, that's the thing to me that gets me. As much as I'm old school and I'm I'm. I'm struggling with it immensely just because of the sheer, I'm more of a fun fisherman, you know, and destination angler. I, I haven't had that much fun doing it yet. You know, I would oh, r- rather go do it. Yeah. And that's the thing is, like I said, the tale of two stories go by myself, suck, go with Seth, pretend that I'm really good at it. Uh, and it was really fun. Like you said, but uh, people talking about the, the barrier to entry to it being the expense of it. If you really look at the people having so much success with it, it actually eliminates a lot of costs and other things that you could oh, yeah. you could go without 
if you just go with that and get good at it. You're going to be way more competitive with a forward-facing Sona on your boat housing. than you are. Yeah, housing. You yeah, yeah, stay. <laughs> <laughs> All you have to have is scope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, I mean, that's the thing is I would talk to the guys that work here. All of us, you know, are – you know, looking at the expenses of things going up in the world, the inflation on everything. And it's like, man, you could really go without, you know, other things on your yeah. boat that you used to have to have. Or to be tackle. Yeah, or tackle. Yeah. yeah. Drill your tackle What about down. the terminal tackle? I wanted to get that yeah. in with you because I feel like for a company like you, that's where you could really make big strides is to be on the cutting edge of the terminal tackle and the hooks and the Yeah, I mean, and, it's, I mean, it's helped us out a lot. New jig heads. Yeah, we've we've done really well. I'm proud of the buying team here for that side of things. They've jumped on trends really fast and jumped in with a bunch of cool manufacturers mm -hmm. and that. As you can imagine, the revenue from it's not super huge. So it's not as sexy looking at a spreadsheet at the end of the mm -hmm. year. And you're looking at your box, you're like, man, we got a billion orders on this stuff, but it was a pack oh. of hooks and a pack of jigs. So and you the, don't make as much yeah, on the you're difference not, on the, the terminal the stuff. The margins and the, but the consumers have found us and found us to be a source to have a lot of that cool stuff and to get it in. Um, what's been hard, I think, is the manufacturers keeping up with the demand because those things are so small and there's not a lot of revenue behind it. They can't buy, you know, millions of dollars worth of jig heads and have them sitting there in stock waiting for you to pick away at it uh so the, a lot of times there's gaps in the availability in it but as you mentioned like core tackle that guy those guys are killing it like uh tons of consumers have found mm -hmm. us because and of that. that's matt for those who don't know it's we matt talk Stephan, about core yeah. that's matt Stefan, and johnny schultz mm -hmm. that's like their little pet project yeah. it's not a major company that's those two they have been an excellent partner so far. They've, they've hooked us up every time they can get inventory. They get it over here, and we just burn through it. It's clearly uh, something that's working. And yet that's, that's the funnest thing, I guess, from sitting in this seat is watching things land. All of it seems to go right away, but you get to see what's actually working by the reorder rate. You know what I mean? When it keeps coming and you see that the same consumer has bought it now the third time, and it's like, well, that thing works. That thing works for real. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the products that clearly works for real because we've turned it a bunch of times and it keeps going. So uh Ichikawa's got an outbarb jig head that, you know, whether you uh, are you capable of pulling that up, Trevor? Or do we is that yeah. we're we're working. So yeah. like usually our uh oh yeah. wait, you gotta go back to the yeah screen. I think we're still good. Oh, it doesn't show. That's just on that. The the barb is actually on the outside, like the mega bass hooks on yeah. a, on their treble hooks. So if you look at cold water fishing, fish that are swiping at baits, things of that nature, and and mm -hmm. you're in that situation with light line and a light rod, uh, you're able to. Oh uh, wow! You can actually hook them a lot more effectively now. If you want to call that uh, unsportsmanlike, because you might be hooking a lot of fish outside of the mouth. Well, it's the same uh, as the mega bass. It's right? exactly yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah, I'm saying. I think you just click share on that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but go. that that little jig head right there, and I love the way they have the collar on it because you can mm -hmm. tie some skirt material on that if you want. But you can play with that jig a lot. You're seeing manufacturers really adjust to some of these uh, to, to some of these light line techniques. Uh, so you know what once was just an old school ball headed jig is now getting little features for eight dollars a pack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 But I mean, the got, thing is, when you're down there and you're that deep and you're finesse fishing, like mm -hmm. you need a quality light wire hook that's absolutely a sticker. That's stick, that, that yeah. that's that's going to grab them because that and that out barbs dangerous for all you know why most manufacturers don't do that all the time. If you get that in your hand, you can't do the braid trick. By oh, the way, no, you're going to the hospital. <laughs> oh really? Uh, oh yeah. Oh, you yeah. get that out barb in your hand, you're going to the you're getting you're getting surgery 
Yeah. I've heard that with EWG too, yeah. but yeah. then I watched Kevin rip that like one on three X EWG out of his yeah. palm at Toledo Bend, and I was like, oh, I guess it works with the for sure. Mustad. Yeah, if you just get it under the surface or just in the top layer of your skin, then yeah, just oh, and that's man, like the and just most. The only thing we use it for is a jerk baits where all you're doing is every fish you're like oh made it through that one yeah exactly <laughs> have you ever seen one have you ever seen an outbarb in a i have in person i actually i take that back uh, I, I was lying i did see a, a friend of mine get it in his calf uh and it was just under the skin enough that the braid trick wasn't working but we did the whole push it back through the other way and pull it out I had to cut it and push it back through the other i think way. i do know one yeah I do know one guy who said he yanked a out barb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he had to, instead Back of out. pushing the hook, yeah. you, or instead of pulling the hook down so it's flush like yeah, with yeah, you yeah. in your hand, you push it the other way For and sure. then pull it so it, it's going you out. You have to do it the it, opposite. It, you have it to. makes sense. Uh, I, from what I've heard, if that thing goes straight in you and those hooks are so sharp and fine wire that if they go in, in and they're down in the meat, you know, mm -hmm. below your skin level, you're, uh, you're going to go get to the doctor. Uh, so, but, but if you think about it in the fact that what, what that jig's designed for is let's say there's offshore pressured fish that you're the guy figuring out how to get them to bite on some little two inch, three inch hand poured worm or something like that. The, every one of those bites is going to count and you want them in the boat. And that's yeah. why you would go with something as dangerous as an barb on a single hook. So. Oh, Sean said his wife put a, uh, Trouble hook through their husky's ear. Ooh, but it went all the way through. Huskies probably don't sit very still for that. Yeah, I the wouldn't think so. That have been good. Uh, there's one question I wanted to ask you. Uh, obviously, there's a massive push with uh, Ben Milliken fishing the opens this year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he he's a six sense guy. He pushes that a mm -hmm. lot. He works a lot on that. But we've talked about relating uh, tournament wins and success to sales yeah. on the consumer side yeah is there any way when to, to track when these big quote-unquote influencers drop videos do you see a spike like a correlation like oh. let's say ben drops a video on x does that translate to omnia and yeah it, all the other like everywhere just just a random tuesday drop video yep that's we'll, we'll usually have to track it back down and find where it came from if we're not on it okay so you it. can look and yeah. walk in and be like okay why are we selling exactly 75 yeah. packs we have of, people that work here that are going to call that out to me and say like what happened here and then they'll and we'll go try and figure it out why there was a spike but for us being you know a, a scaling operation mm -hmm. it's usually uh you know it's a good and bad thing right it's good in the sense that obviously people found us they 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 sold the baits out real fast but it then it makes us reactive to try and get our hands on more of it because for example the panorama right like that thing we put it in and then there was content that luke had created and people here that was scheduled to go out that day that's that yep. weird looking yep yep but we put that thing in in the morning and literally later that morning it was content you know content was scheduled to go out and it went before any of the it content stocks, went yeah. Out. yeah yeah <laughs> and now we they're telling us middle of november i think it is before we'll get more of them oh wow so that's just something that like we all have to do as an industry a better job of, of communicating with each other and we know something's gonna be big now in defense of sixth sense i believe they told us this thing was going to be a home run because people were catching it on it mm -hmm. but of course we don't know 100 percent know that we did buy 
uh, a lot more than we normally would because we trust those guys' opinions. But when we got them in, it, they went so fast. And when we track it back, we could see that uh, it had been talked about by your influencers and the, and the, it had been built up and they just went like crazy. Yeah, there was a lot of good hype on that bait and on his YouTube channels and multiple yep. guys' YouTube channels. Yep. So if you think about that, that's untraditional marketing for the fishing industry. That's clearly traditional marketing in today's world, but it wasn't a big iCast thing. It wasn't written up in a million magazines ahead of time and, and advertised all over all this. That was straight up YouTube influencers that drove that thing to be one of the hottest baits now in the industry. All right. Bias, like, do you guys have a list of who the most, in your opinion, like influential YouTube guys are? Like, do you track back and it always goes back to like tactical Bassin or tactical Bassin is, I mean, I, like in your, in your mind and listen, you're going to leave some people out. This is a yeah. subjective list that I am asking for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do not email Pete. If you're an influencer, who <laughs> gets left off the list. Email Trevor. Though. Email, yeah, 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 email, email Trevor. Trevor, Trevor yeah. I'll put it. his home phone number but up who here. Would you say right now cell phone. are the biggest movers of product in the industry that people who watch BTL and just follow turn yeah go who the hell is this guy and why are people buying stuff he's using so there's a certain way you got to look at that right that's a great question but there's more than just tournament bass fishing or like trophy bass fishing right if you look at that realm there's no question Milliken, josh jones all those guys are just absolutely crushing right now tactical bassins one of the biggest affiliate players out there period for us and the data we do honestly because of the breadth of of the industry that they cover it's wired to fish does an incredible job with that stuff mm -hmm. they do a lot more diving deeper dives into to durables like rods and reels electronics things of that nature so if you look at the revenue that can come out of something like that so an article uh, drops on wired to fish that talks about this rod this mm -hmm. reel why it's good this time of the year yep you can actually trace that to they can they can link it right to us that's obviously the easy okay. stuff when they link it directly to us so we see that attribution right away but we can also run it down and see where it's all coming from as well uh the lenders do a lot for us but then again you're looking at different revenue or different uh portions of the industry like yeah no that's different numbers yeah 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 um I do believe, and I'm a nerd in, in this sense that, you know, I, being the fact that I, I, I pine for the days of multi-species angling and destination angling, uh, uh, you know, the influence of that's going to get bigger as, as the, the, the parts of the industry outside of the tournament bass fishing world start getting more uh, committed to the YouTube world. Um, and get more committed to what is that so pete loves punch fishing <laughs> there's there's a whole bunch of different uh, uh options or a lot of green grass out there in front mm -hmm. of the uh, multi-species youtube players uh because they haven't played in it as much as the bass fishing yeah it is it doesn't seem like i mean googan a little bit when they started yeah, the real multi-species yeah. uh and i think john b does a lot of like trips for yeah. but but those are like i've Amazon seen alex Parrott doing yeah. a lot of stuff like that and that has absolutely made a difference uh and i think there's there's a lot of hunger out there for that kind of content so i think you're going to see multi-species stuff get up there too but right now i mean just for a, a shop that's got mm -hmm. thirty thousand bass fishing skews in it right yeah. behind us here uh your Millikins, Josh Jones's tactical bass, and so uh, big bass guys. Yeah, big bass, like guys, serious yeah. big bass guys. Mm -hmm. So, have you noticed over the last couple of years the pond small time challenge YouTube channels and stuff aren't as we're seeing the the traffic there. Yeah, the bait sales for us that are because our sort of so refined stuff. for your tournament angler yeah. currently. Uh, it's more your tournament 
dot guys, even like Castledine stuff. Yep. Like you start looking at pockets regionally around the country where people are doing tournament recaps and things like that. That's done really well. Uh, Trevor mentioned like uh, Hellabass and punch yep. fishing and all that stuff. Those guys crush it for us when it comes to tackle reviews on high end stuff or Hellabass more in like the tournament, like fish catching stuff. What's working in tournaments? And oh, things punch like fishing the channel, not like. Yeah. punching grass no 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 no, no that's no. what yeah. he yeah uh, but like tackle it. reviews for high-end stuff do really well too uh it's <laughs> <laughs> like that was an that was an interesting note like congratulations yeah, he doesn't like, nice, like punch it up yeah. a nice five pounder out yeah. of the slot <laughs> exactly <laughs> but yeah i i think a lot of the 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 anglers miss that opportunity that are trying to get into youtube that are mm -hmm. tournament anglers of doing recaps of their tournaments and linking out the products and working with that days they don't want to do one it's a lot of work yeah. it's not as easy as it sounds it's oh, a lot of work so the last show i did with yeah. you guys i went through it i linked every single product yeah that we talked about in that mm -hmm. show oh yeah and i was like dear god oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> i need an intern yeah i know it's not easy a lot of people talk big that they want to do it they want to be an affiliate but the affiliates that do really well at it it's a full-on commitment and they and it's hard it's a it's a it's tedious work but mm -hmm. it will pay off uh look anybody on your radar that I think Pete mentioned most of the big time ones that are really popular mm -hmm. right now, but just a side tangent of that, of why that's happening. I think just the saturation of what's go, what has happened over YouTube. And you mentioned those videos, like the pond hopping videos. I think there's, there was just so much of that, mm -hmm. but now the new, the new content guys catching 15 pounders in Texas yeah. and showing a screencast of their live scope. That's just a whole new mm -hmm. content for people to, view and then if they try to sell you something in that video that's why i think i mean it's it has driving. to be easier to sell stuff that's got a 12 or 15 pound i mean those it, the it texas is, bass yeah. is all the texas bass uh, that they're getting on clay camera. always comes to the btl chat with the hard questions subjective in your opinion same question which yeah. anglers move the most product now oh. this is also uh, omni and you also have to remember you guys yeah. are nationwide but yep. heavily heavily in the north started the north we are up in minnesota yep, here, yep. so this is going to vary but just throw some names out and get in trouble yeah well some of it can and and i i don't <laughs> think anybody's gonna be surprised by this one but this is i i can get the wired to fish guys to back me up you can go ahead and ask seth is uh absolute hammer at moving stuff he's got that reputation of kind of calling it how it is he just fish, fish. Give a damn. yeah he's gonna he's gonna call out debates that actually work it's it's hard to get him trust me i've tried to get him to lie a bunch uh it's <laughs> it's tough uh for him to do that so seth does move the needle quite a bit uh some of the people that are not affiliated with omnia fishing but i can just tell because they move a lot of baits zona still has a massive influence yeah. especially in that smallmouth world uh christy is really good really? gussie's been great for us uh gussie's been really good for us i think you know there we'd all be remiss not nailing wheeler uh polonic uh uh polonic does a really good job with us i mean mm -hmm. he he put x zone on the map for us uh for sure um trying to think of who else uh you got any luke off the top of your head what about like the oh okay yeah the older guys what about like the jimmy houston's the bill dances the roland martins i like think that we, whole generation do they we, we got in, I, I can tell you for a fact from my old days, and I wore a brown shirt and worked at a big giant box store, uh, and I worked at that company. Oh, you were a UPS guy? Yeah, I was a UPS guy. Have <laughs> no, we had this no, 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 I was a... Uh, you I know, worked at, worked at UPS for 25 years. I was a Cabela's guy. 
Oh, Cabela's. Uh, yeah, yeah. I thought, well, that uh, describes yeah, a big UBS. Ass box store. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Does, it not, does that not describe UBS? I didn't UBS? know that's what I thought he was going Oh, box store. I get it now. All right. Uh, no, I was at Cabela's. Got, I watched their influence was immense. The Allenders, Jimmy Houston's, uh, you know, Bill Dance, uh, Bill Dance, Dance and Eels, all that stuff. Yeah. But we would sell the fire out of that stuff, and they had massive influence. By the time we started this thing, I remember Omni is basically in retail, not even right. four years old yet. Right. Uh, uh, we were chasing down more tournament anglers to get the ball rolling okay. and hardcore bass anglers. So it wasn't that those guys weren't great tournament fishermen, but they haven't been chasing down trends. And kicking a lot out of those baits. people who are buying those baits aren't coming to Omnia for those because they're just your old they're, school. Stuff yeah. It's, and, and we should have more of that stuff. It's just yeah. what we had to focus in on and what we spent our budgets on was stuff that we thought was going to win a tournament in the Northeast on smallmouth and what was catching spotted bass on Hartwell and that kind of stuff. We looked at it regionally that way because of our shop by Lake feature. Yep. It was all about stuff that was catching, catching fish currently right now for your hardcore. Can you pull that up Trevor, the shop by lakes stuff. So like when you go to Omnia, this is one of the cool things that I liked. Yeah, about it when you go to uh, the Omnia site. I really, I really need to get a second person. This is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> and then you scroll down, you can cl uh, click on that yep. and show some of that stuff. Yeah. So all those pins, the ones that have orange pins on them are lakes that are super active as far as like we're getting fishing reports and from them a lot. Uh, the other pins you'll see on there. Uh, some of them will have a few fishing report, but they're not as active. But we'll actually tell you the techniques that are being reported the most, the species that are being reported the most. Uh, we have, as as we've talked about, Premium Pro before, water clarity, temperatures. Uh, that temperature updated about every three days. Uh, we got wind direction on it now, as you see, where yeah. the wind's blowing. So right now we got working on that last time you yeah. were on. Yeah. So as you see there, that's what I'm going to be doing this afternoon. Actually, is doing a little testing with this and looking at some new features and wait, how is that, wait scroll back up there is that showing the wind direction yeah. no the color on the lake is that showing what baits are working in what part or is that the water temperature that's actually feature? water temperature, water temperature. Feature. Yeah, just okay. showing you where we're getting where the warmest water is at currently as you see my gut is that by the end of today that warmer water will be up towards the north end a little bit more and all that with where the wind's blowing and so you can kind of plan out and do a little bit of research for you go to a body of water uh Baits that are working on the body of water, top reported stuff, most recently reported stuff, uh, things of that nature. So hence why we didn't really get to Here, chase scroll back up there. I'm curious. Sorry. Just the most heavily marketed stuff. It was a lot of stuff that was being reported and fished yeah. by people. Okay, I was just seeing how much of that is like that I would say would be forward facing sonar stuff. Yeah. And there's still some traditional stuff in there. Oh, that absolutely a, is. You got a jig, you got a lot of Ned stuff, mm -hmm. you got the war pig. Someone's just going out there and just trapping up the oh, smallest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the dark sleeper. So that was a bait that came out uh, yeah. like on fire. Oh, I remember yeah, everyone did. had oh, yeah. to have the yeah, dark yeah. sleeper. Then it was like, you got to trim the fin on the top to increase yeah. it. And then it was like, Hey, this is going to replace the finesse jig. Then it was like, Hey, you can, you can catch them suspended on docks on yeah. it. Then it was like, it's an awesome bed fish. Then you could drag it like a tube. Yep. The fire around that seemed to died a little bit. It, I think, well, one, a bunch of manufacturers came out with similar baits to it. So I think it spread it out a little bit. Yeah. Um, I will tell you there are pockets of the country where it's still an absolute staple like for a chartreuse jigworm up in Minnesota, that dark sleeper on some portions of the Great Lakes is just as 
prevalent you know it's it's like a red trap on sam rayburn okay kind of thing uh so it's kind of like you said it, nationwide the thing was on fire and now it's landed in its pockets so it's just like a steady mover uh in in certain regions of the country could i ask you another question that you probably don't want to answer yeah okay so you have a dark sleeper mm-hmm. i mean We'll just use the most common one. Berkeley came out with the Agent E. Agent E. Yep. And you've got all these style of baits. What does that do to the original? The, okay, obviously the original would be Andre Moore with the Sweet Beaver. Correct. The Zoom Brush Hog. Yep. The Yamamoto Cinco. Yep. If we're gonna go back and we're here's the thing. If that. it's if it's a hardcore, if it's a fish catcher, right? And I mean that. Like yeah. it can't be like it's pretty good. Yeah, if yeah, it's yeah. a fish catcher, it actually helps it. Believe that or not, it will help the original. original. Like Magdraft went from being really popular to get to when everybody started making something like a Magdraft, it just would go and go and go. Because I I think people were that are available, the more the Magdraft sold. Yes, because I think what happened was is the more confident people got fishing that style of bait, they ended up landing back on the one that was you know producing the best. I think as bass fishermen, we do that, right? Like it's just like Sankos, right? Yeah. Every time somebody would come out with a cheaper, more durable version of a Sanko, I would go buy a lot of those things, and then I'd end up buying more green pumpkin Sankos, yeah. <laughs> the originals, because it just outperformed them. So, uh, you know, that I think that if it's a pure fish catcher and good for everybody, now it can work the opposite way if it's just an okay bait and someone obviously beats it and comes right. out with a better fish producer. And there's been companies that have yep. been like, hey, let's yep. take our pros, take a bait that works, yep. get them in the lab, and yep. say, how do we make this thing better? Yep. Like, obviously yep. better. Typically, it's in, like, ease of fishing, hanging up with the hooks, something of that, uh, durability, yep. something of that nature. That's absolutely the way it is. Yeah. Uh, yep. Real quick there, is that the screen that we're sharing right now, uh, Trevor? Okay, so this is a... a little trick if you want to know what actually sells and catches fish it's the stuff that is carried in the most colors yeah that's very true if you think about it now i i can argue you on that in the sense of things change the tackle trends change and remember what i was talking about with crankbaits i I may have soft plastics soft plastics i would say 100 percent. yes like if you want are looking for a bait in soft plastics and there's four six or eight colors yeah yeah and then the one that's similar that has 36 colors for sure but like great lakes finesse right like they're gonna have to have 20 more colors soon that stuff sells so well so they Uh, don't have a huge array just yet it is a new company but you'll see them expanding in colors and all that but your traditional stuff like you said a yamamoto sanko or a berkeley power worm in Mm -hmm. seven inch to your point that those are staple baits that you have there's a billion colors of because they work all over the country in all sorts of different conditions and different types of bodies of water. You mentioned this seven inch power one was interesting when we were talking about the forward facing sonar. Uh, there was a comment on there that talked about the six inch robo worm on the drop shot. Yeah. yeah. In five years, that very well may be the seven inch power worm with the lead, the true turn hook and a bit off toothpick in it. And we'll all be like, remember when we just fished with these things with a, Six inch robo worm. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. That's old school. Like, yeah. that's old school now. That's yeah. literally old it's school. It's literally right old now. school. Yeah. That yeah. went from yep. like cutting edge to old school in about three years. That's very true. That's very, very true. Yeah. And it went from I fish it because no one sees it to uh, I don't fish it because everyone sees yeah. it. Every fish sees it. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. We need to talk about the St. Jude. Yeah. Uh, what, what I'm actually up here for uh, the St. Dick Highly St. Jude Bass Classic. We had uh, Gretchen on yesterday morning. Cool. which That's is awesome. why I pulled the long 
long road trip and made it just in time while, while we were two minutes late. You guys have a lot of vehicles up here. <laughs> a lot of traffic. A lot of traffic. Uh, the 25th traffic. annual uh, raised over a million dollars this year for St. Jude after raising, I think, like 776 uh, last year, just shy of 7 million total in the 25-year yeah. history. Uh, have you ever fished it before? I have not you fished have not, it. No. You fished it multiple One. times. Uh, yep. Kind of explain. I've talked about it a little bit. Kind of explain up here. Uh, how important that tournament is kind of to this region, not only the giving back and the donation, but also just like the prestige of that tournament. It's considered one of the bigger tournaments in Minnesota. It is. I mean, so we're fishing it in the fall this year. Usually it's the first week of May, which is kind of like the first big tournament in the Midwest, I'd say, Mm -hmm. between Wisconsin and Minnesota. So all the anglers, local anglers, and guys from around the country are excited for that one. But just the cause that it's for, for the children at the children's hospital, raising money for that, bringing all the tournament anglers together for a better cause is just, I mean, like you said, it's been going on for such a long time. It's a prestigious event. And one of, I would say arguably one of the biggest ones up in the Midwest. Uh, yeah. I was just going to say it, because of our games? lack of major tournaments and we don't have any major trails up in, in this part of the country. Uh, uh, I shouldn't say no, none. We did. We are growing that. I, I know. Like, there's the Champions Tour. Denny's has always had a soft spot for most of us uh, mm-hmm. Midwesterners, just because it's produced a lot of the Elite Series anglers and FLW guys and things of that nature. But as far as prestigious nationwide covered tournaments, St. Jude is right up there on the list. Is one of the biggest tournaments we have up in the Midwest for sure. It is. Uh, so it's October seventh and eighth. You can follow all the updates. Uh, at the i just type in dick highly st jude bass classic and the website pops up otherwise it's like org slash dick highly bass classic or something yeah. of that well sure i i know both of you are fishing it uh I'm not, so not there like there that. was there there was talk ahead of time that there would be some sort of challenge between the two of you yeah. and this morning as you arrived and came in there was already both participants were backing up away from the challenge. Uh, I want to know the details of the, what was the original premise of the challenge and who started this challenge. Well, we both fished this tournament last year. That kind of started last year. Okay. A little, I mean, so there was just a, some friendly jabbing back yep, and forth. A little bit. Okay. And now we want to put some stakes on it potentially. Okay. To see who could finish the highest in the tournament. Yes. And so the original idea was the one chip challenge <laughs> i feel like that's so 2001 though it still would and be really fun to watch i'm would, just saying for every watching out i there. will say this live on air i am relying 100 percent on adam bartuzek for our results <laughs> in this event like my job is to cast and catch here not to locate find and yeah. assess and i will say i'll back you up i have heard the same thing that people are dying from the one chip challenge. <laughs> so and i'm not saying that as bad i'm just saying yeah. like i mean i'm putting my life in the, I, in the I, hands of another man here when it comes to the one chip challenge I, now i have full confidence in adam we had a good good event last year no. And he's assured me. He even texted me just now. He wants a specific type of hook. He wants me to see if they have a specific type of hook that we could swap out for a specific type of bait that he plans on mauling them on. Okay. Oh this week. All so right. I have to get with you after that. I will not, <laughs> I will not show you. You can now. help you out there. All right. Because I don't want to give it away. But <laughs> I mean, uh, have you ever done the one chip challenge? I have not. Uh, Luke, Luke, by the way, pointed out to me that he thinks pepper is hot. So That is correct. So... I, I do not eat hot food. If I have to do this, it, it could be ugly. So, Well, uh, what I'm saying is, is I understand since we did learn that they're even hard to get the chips now, mm-hmm. 
So can we just land on something else? Okay, yes. I mean, we could open it up to... Okay, so I'm fine with the one chip challenge. I would I would be interested to hear what people say we should I mean, put like, on the line. Can we like put a like a box of fine meats from like <laughs> Omaha steaks? Or More delicious like, items. Yeah, like hey, like you gotta. Uh, but one of the elements that we are is we are doing uh, we're doing a hundred dollar donation to next year's team. Yes, yes. So the, hopefully, the team, I won't yeah. be able to fish it next year because I'm fishing the opens. Oh yeah, uh, and that would mean that I'm still in it. But I will if I'm. If I go throw a stinker up on the board, then you'll come uh, back. Yeah, I'll jump and open to fish it. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, Must friendly rivalry five. with Luke and Panger. Highest finisher, one chip challenge. Loser eats it during the next guest spot. And has to answer five and questions. And must answer five questions after, after eating, eating the, the chip. chip. Wow. That's a lot. That is a lot. Especially if they're in-depth questions. Well, we need to hear from the the I listeners mean, here, what? unless there's something else that that one of the listeners that's that's yeah, yeah. safer. Try those hot peanuts. Hot peanuts. Five levels of insanity. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll do that. We'll do something right. something that would be uncomfortable. Maybe it would be like bear mace, and then the five <laughs> questions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, that's probably the same level of the one trip. That would really incentivize you. To- well, we'll we'll land on something. I just had to bring that up because I was excited when I heard about it, and I needed to know who came up with this. Whole Shave thing. your heads? Nah, I mean I'm pushing yeah, forty, and I still have a head of hair. I don't <laughs> I don't want to go for hey. six months without it. I'm sure that's going soon enough. Yeah. Uh, oh, the other thing I wanted to ask you guys about <laughs> yeah. uh, that Easton. Ah, uh, that I was, I was hoping we bring him. Father Gill. Father Gill. Father Gill. Yeah. Congrats, Easton. Congrats, yeah. Easton. He's from this neck of the woods. Yes, isn't he? he is. Yep. He's from a little north of here, but yes, he is definitely uh, proudly representing Minnesota right now. So Very great job, Easton. And the other Minnesota angler who made the classic through the same route is sitting to our right here. Yeah, Trevor. So Trevor, do you want to come in and yeah. talk about Easton and like what that what he's about here. to go through? You can you can steal my spot. Okay. All right. Bye. But everybody. then but then you have to go back and finish the show because <laughs> I can't click it. I can give a little backstory on Easton just a just okay. about what yeah, he's kind of been through. I mean, I don't know the whole story, but he a few weeks back, more than a few weeks back, he was he had brain surgery. Uh, so just to be able to overcome that and even fish this tournament is amazing. Uh, I know. Pretty much everyone in Minnesota and a lot of people across the country were pulling for him, and it, he just he wrote an amazing story for winning this event. Um, and just the adversity he had to come through in order to win is very impressive. So it's uh, a huge congratulations. Talked about the College Classic bracket where they take the top uh, four teams from the national championship. They pit them against each other in bracket style. They fish it all the way down. They picked uh, – it was a very sadistic thing that they did. They picked Milford Lake in Kansas, yeah, uh, which is not the easiest fishery to – uh, catch a bass on or get to but that's <laughs> neither here <laughs> honestly I, I think i think that lake's probably a little bit better than dubay when we fish yeah so in. you've been through you've been through this exact experience what they saw so it, it came down to tucker smith and eason and uh it was right at the end tucker uh tucker had the lead and eason caught a couple then he caught a couple big ones at the end he's in the Bassmaster classic he gets to fish it's 7500 bucks he gets to fish uh the Bassmaster opens all nine of the EQs. It's a it's a hell of a deal. Yeah, it's uh it's super cool. Uh, like I said, being the first college kid from Minnesota to win it back yeah. in 2015. Now we've got another one in this year, 2023. And I think the the 
I guess the cherry on top is he's actually fishing the classic where I fish the classic as well. Oh yeah, Tulsa. he is. So uh, hoping you know I'm I'm pulling for him. Uh, when I fished the classic, I didn't catch a fish, but I, I mean still had a great time, and uh, hopefully he can put one on. Uh, what is the, the pressure like? Like looking back on that, going into like a final day of a bracket. You, how old were you at the time? Uh, I think I was 21. Yeah, he's like what 19 or something like that. He's a junior. Yeah, so. 19, 20 years old to like go out and know like, okay, I'm on this deal, and it wasn't easy where you were, and you're like, hey, if I just get a couple bites, I'm right. in the the capital T H E Bassmaster Classic. Yeah. Um. You know, at the time, I was so fresh and young into my tournament uh, fishing career i guess you could say uh when i when i won that tournament i think it was like maybe the ninth tournament i had fished in my life so um for me personally the the pressure wasn't extremely high in the sense of you know obviously you want to do well but uh considering that it's uh the ninth tournament of mm -hmm. your career ever uh there's there's kind of a little bit of naivety yeah, or even just understanding, like, hey, you know, go and do your best, and you know, if you come up short, you you put everything out there. But um, you know, it's it's a little different nowadays because these kids are coming up from the juniors, and then they're fishing the high school, and then now they're fishing in the college series. And uh, there's so many uh, new platforms for these anglers to get involved in at such an early age that I feel like there's potentially more pressure on them. Um, there's more live coverage now. You know, you've got more eyeballs on you, and uh, I think as the sport continues to grow you know that platform gets bigger and bigger and as these guys are are fishing in the college series for years to come uh, i think that's where you're going to have a little bit more pressure on them but um yeah I'm, I'm super excited for easton i think he's gonna i think he's gonna kill it i mean he he does well up here in minnesota um he just proved to the world that he can hold his own against the rest of the guys around the country you know and generally speaking you know we think of southern guys uh being from the north you know, we think of the Southern guys, like they get to fish year round, yeah. you know, they got such an edge on us Northern boys. But, uh, you know, I think he's going to go and show the world that the Northern boys can hang too. Can I pick up the, well, can I pick up the mask? Let's just, he also won team of the year this year uh, in the college circuit. So, oh, so yeah, they, he's been catching them across I've the entire country. I've heard he's a really he's good angler. Very good. Really angler. nice guy. Yeah. I mean, he was going up against the like Michael Jordan of, high school and college fishing sure. in tucker smith like yeah. that guy <laughs> literally has a trophy case and he's yeah. like 20 years old yeah absolutely so i i mean i it's great for him i mean i'm sure tucker's not thrilled not being in the classic i have a sneaking suspicion he might be in a few classics in his days yeah, so yeah probably he'll, yeah, he'll, he'll be there he'll survive in advance yeah, yeah. He'll make <laughs> can i pick up the helmet absolutely this is the we talk about this on the show i've talked about it before too but this is the actual mm -hmm uh iron man helmet that you wore oh it turns on too how old is that battery uh it's it's been the iron man mask going. that you wore in the classic oh yeah you really can't see out of that no it's uh yeah you, you put it on for takeoff and as soon as you like blast off all like, show no go yeah, absolutely yeah it's uh <laughs> it's a it's a very uh it's a driving hazard for sure but that's cool to know that that yeah. was in the Bassmaster yeah, Classic, absolutely. you get I to mean, look at it every day. Yeah, it's uh, it's the wallpaper on like my my computer and everything like that. I've got this sick takeoff picture. You got some fog because it was freezing cold, and then me behind a yeah. the, the dash of the mask. Uh, anything else we wanted to make sure we got in here before we'll bring Pete back in then and close her out, and I'll actually get a tour. Like I walked in, like the show started at eight thirty one, and I walked in at eight twenty seven, and you were like, "Hey, let me give we're you live. a quick tour." I was like, "Or." Or we'll just or go live we right just now. just go straight to <laughs> where we're going to shoot this. Yeah. So I haven't gotten to see any uh, any of the uh, any of the facility yet. Yeah. 
We'll get you. We'll get you yep. a good All tour. Right. So, Polish Pete, you ready? Can I also get an Omnia hat? You think that could be possible? I'm still hatless. I like that hat. It's kind of got some OU colors to it. That's the St. Jude hat. St. Jude hat. We did. We sold this hat for a fundraiser for St. Jude, so the proceeds oh, went to okay. St. Jude. Yeah. Yep. For your team? That undiscussed. Undiscussed team. Undisclosed. Just undisclosed. <laughs> undisclosed. <laughs> I can't believe that they did over a million dollars. I, I mean, I can't terrible. believe when you wasn't that more than the golfers did. I don't know. I I wanted to say that that was that was the goal was to beat the golfers, and because obviously there's much more money in the golf side of things. Uh, yeah. Uh, that, oh, that, like the PGA, like yeah, the yeah, St. Jude, like invitation. Don't quote me on, but I thought I heard mm, it was there were somewhere around at seven fifty, eight hundred thousand, and the bass fishing bombs raised a million. So good that's on cool. We get really we'll work good. on it for next year. Uh, hopefully, have two events: one in Oklahoma uh, and one in Minnesota. Big shout out! Uh, we had that uh, at Giesenbrauer Beer Company. Yeah, Giesenbrauer. yeah, yeah. Giesenbrauer. 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 It ticks Adam off every. I can't remember the name of how to say it. I was close this time. Giesenbroy, uh, he had the Crappie Chronicle guys, and there were tons of people who came out. Nice. For so, your fundraiser event. Yeah. Uh, Jim, we'll do a, a full kind of EQ show that kind of breaks down my year and what's next year is going to look like uh, next year when I get back in studio. Also, uh, next week, uh, Mike Iaconelli, fresh off of his Hall of Fame induction, nice. will be on go. BTL, yep. and then we will be live tomorrow at 8.30 p.m. Uh, following our first day of practice at the Jude, and then we have a... Yeah, I am trying to score free stuff, Don. <sighs> and uh, then we'll have a regularly scheduled day four with Frank. We actually did the show on... Uh, I'll give it away. Uh, Tiny Bates, Big Bass, which is a very really? in fisherman type article mm-hmm. that we turned into a show. But, you know, a bunch of little stuff that you can use, especially this time of the year. 0.5s, 0.7s, 1.0s, yep. little bitty Ned stuff, tiny pop bars, spoons, sure. that type of stuff to catch Big Bass. So that'll be Late on Thursday. Yeah. And then the tournament's uh, Saturday and Sunday. Yep. And there's a yep. – I'm going to some – deal on thursday night with adam some clam deal oh the clam pro day i saw them uh starting to uh smoke meats for that i saw that so it's gonna be a lot of meat and beer i would imagine (laughs) which is ice fishing yes oh yeah i'm gonna go to an ice fishing deal and adam's like oh yeah yeah, you can roll it i was like no one did ice fishing (laughs) knows like there i'm just gonna be a random guy walking around going what's this for what's this for what's this for (laughs) it's for practicing for live scope yeah (laughs) So we're doing that, and then Friday there's a dinner, and then uh, and then Saturday's the uh, derby. Well, yes, the derby, and then there's also the ceremony at night. Fat Cat Noon flies in. That's cool. Does that whole thing. So, yeah. anything else you guys want to get in here? Nothing much. Uh, keep an eye out for more updates and more features coming on Premium Pro. There's a really big one coming here soon uh, that we're pretty excited about. Okay. Uh, the Brass here at Omnia has a meeting on Wednesday before we can officially announce it, but you, you, you can see some hints of what that is if you go and look at the features of Premium Pro right now and what, what map layers can be unlocked soon. Okay. Um, I'll be out on the water here today testing some of that stuff. So, uh, so you're actually going fishing. I'm not, I hope to fish. Uh, most of it's going to be. Did you uh, stay off the water to do this first thing? Like, yeah. Are you yeah. Missing well, on the water yeah, time right we're, now? We're, oh, we're going to be meeting that, up Pete. the developers here in a little while. Wow, so. that's a yellow jacket on the table. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> I thought bees were extinct, but we found out where they bees are. are. Uh, <laughs> I think there's a BTL discount code. Yes, there is. There's a BTL discount code. Trevor, you, do you know what that is? Is that BTL? 
TL23. BTL23. I don't know. If you go over to banners on the side, there might be an Omnia banner that we could throw up there before we end. Uh, BTL banner 7. Click on that. Sunline Pro Guide. Is there an Omnia one? Yeah. There it's it is. Yeah. BTL23. Purchase capital. BTL23 yep. at omniafishing.com. Yep. Well, keep an eye out. We got a, all the iCast stuff too starting to roll in. Each week we've had a What's whole the bunch thing you're of most excited about. Uh, iCast. That there's uh I'm I'm trying to think of what we got rolling in now. We have a bunch of the new striking and lose stuff that's on the way right now that I think will do really well. That new hypermag, a lot of people have been talking about that thing. That'll be real popular. Uh there's some stuff still to come from from Daiwa, I believe that should be a real big launch for us. Some of that stuff, but there, there's all there's too much mm -hmm. to talk about. There's a ton of it to get to that page. Omniafishing.com forward slash Bass Talk Live. Spell it out. BTL. Oh, just BTL. Never mind. BTL twenty. <laughs> don't even have to yeah. Yeah. spell it out. BTL twenty three. Well, I greatly appreciate the invitation. Yeah. I'm glad we're able to work this out. Oh yeah. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of the uh, the building and and good luck on the water doing the test and hopefully get to catch some and then. Uh, I look forward to hopefully beating you yeah. this week in the St. Jude and then having you come on. I think if there is a, a listener uh, or viewer of the show that has, like, don't just Google hottest hot sauce in the world. But if you have one that, like, has significance to you that's, like, maybe from your hometown, someone makes it that yeah. you know that, homemade. that might be, like, a level two or three. Well, I I'm feeling okay. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Let me know. And if you're willing to send it, then we could use that hot sauce on air. I mean, you can, you'll be fine with the one chip. Oh, are you seem confident? Are you a, a fall river guy? I don't know. I'm just excited to get down there. We're going to figure it out. <laughs> a yes or no question. Are you a fall river guy? I, my partner is a fall river guy. I so. guess my partner claims to be a fall river guy too. <laughs> Well, you're going to find out here pretty quick. <laughs> Who are you fishing with? I'm fishing with my uncle. What's your uncle's name? John. Oh, I think <laughs> Bart said he was ridiculously good. <laughs> well, we did well against you last year, so. Yeah, but that was in the spring. Yeah. This should this will be interesting. And I'm I refused to it. fish current. All right. So oh, that, was, that was a well. bad decision. And Bart like was like, fine, we won't fish current just so you're comfortable. <laughs> 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 I mean, that's what happened. And then We're going to a river. So. Then I caught it like a 580 yeah. smallmouth. Did you really? Yeah, not yeah you had a huge one. Yeah, Iowa. massive. Yeah. It hit like from me to you. Yeah. Went shoom, shoom, shoom. On the third one, he got the net under it. Bait goes flying out. He just looks at it and he's like, my God. <laughs> he's like, that's a unicorn. Yeah, that is a unicorn. So, uh, yeah, hit the uh, like button on this if you're listening on youtube uh like i said last time uh getting towards the end of the year if you're watching uh on youtube you have to get a google account like it took me probably a year to figure out why i couldn't like youtube videos was because i hadn't created a google account and then you gotcha. get it and then you can actually like organize everything and do your music and all that so it's worth it if that's not your jam have your wife do it uh to sign up and then you can follow uh and subscribe and then on itunes always uh we're up over 2,000 comments and reviews. Leave a comment, uh, review if you haven't done so on the show. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, Pete, Luke, Trevor, 
thank you very much for having me yeah. in studio and letting me use the Omnia facilities and uh, looking forward to kicking off a fun week. Absolutely. Thanks for all your support of the St. Jude and thanks to all the BTL listeners support uh, of Omnia. We're, we're, we're growing this thing pretty fast. Thanks to a lot of your help. So thank you. Good stuff. You can hit the end stream there. See you guys. See ya. Later.